Hi, I'm Craig. And I'm Linda. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast, Guide to Prague, the Czech Republic, from IndieTravelPodcast.com. Today's show is sponsored by Hostel Bookers, a budget accommodation website that's run by travellers for travellers. As the only independent hostel booking site that doesn't charge a booking fee, they offer the cheap prices and value for money that backpackers and budget travellers deserve. With hostels, guest houses, cheap hotels and apartments in over 2,500 destinations worldwide, you can check out each property before you book online, with thousands of customer ratings and reviews, and pictures and videos of hostel rooms and amenities. They've got tons of travel resources too, with online travel guides and articles, and the Hostel Bookers blog, which is packed with fun travel features and budget travel guides. Yep, as you know, we like Hostel Bookers, so we recommend them. Mm-hmm. Well, let's get on to the fact box. The name? Indeed, it is Prague, but locally it's written and called Praha. So you should be aware of the fact that it's got two names. (laughs) Um, It's in the northwest of the center of the Czech Republic. Prague's the capital of the the country, so you should be able to find it. (laughs) Yes. Uh, With 1.25 million people and the Czech language, it's known for cheap beer, the real Budweiser, Christmas markets, a beautiful old town, and good King Wenceslas. Which we won't sing. Please. <laughs> Please. <laughs> the temperatures hover around zero in winter. <laughs> Shudder. But it breaks into the early 20s during summer. And although summer is warm, it can be wet, so make sure you take a rain jacket with you. Yeah, occasional heat waves in summer push things into the mid-30s, while at its coldest, it's negative 30, the coldest recorded temperature. I just don't Almost think negative about that. Let's, 30. Just, let's just not talk about it. Fine, let's talk about the airport. It's the Rusne International Airport, which is served by both budget and legacy airlines. takes about half an hour from there to get into town by public transport. Yeah, and it's not too difficult to do that by public transport either. Uh, the price of a pint is about €1.50. price of a dorm bed from €5, Euros, but you should expect to pay around 10 mm. And the price of a public transport ticket, 18 to 26 kroners. Yeah, and kroners the local currency. Yeah, which... Is kroners in Czech or crowns if you want to say it in English. Yeah, but nobody does that. <laughs> <laughs> the layout of Prague is both simple and enormously confusing. As a tourist, you're probably going to be staying in the centre of, um, well, where the medieval city was. Um, that's where most of the beautiful sites are. That's the it's easy to center. walk around. It's, yeah. it's not difficult to negotiate on foot. Yeah. However, if you're trying to look at a map and work out where you are, it's really That's quite when confusing. It gets tricky, yeah. The, the problem is there's three or four different systems in place to describe how things are laid out. You know, like yeah. in Paris, you've got the arrondissements, that kind of thing. But they keep changing them. <laughs> yeah. and, and the problem is that at least two of them use numbers. So the That's numbers, right. you know, you've got. Prague One, and then you've got another Prague One that's something completely different. <laughs> yeah. So that's uh, brilliant. In this guide, we'll um, be naming the districts. So we'll be talking about the old town, Stare Mesto, the lesser town, Malastrana, the new town, Nove Mesto, uh, the Jewish quarter, Josefov, uh, the castle, Hradkini, and uh, Visehrad, which is an older castle, which is south of kind of the old town centre. All right, well, let's get on to accommodation. Well, Prague is a bit of a backpacker haven because it's really quite cheap in terms of accommodation, playing, and eating. Yes, it's great. I mean, absolutely. Eating, playing, and, and staying, no problems. Yeah. The two big names that come up again and again when you're talking about budget accommodation in Prague are Sir Toby's and Miss Sophie's. These hostels are pretty much Europe-renowned. I mean, they're kind of almost mythic <laughs> but we didn't stay there no we didn't we stayed somewhere quite boring and 
Yeah, well, we, we got a private room with the five of us who were staying there, and it was it was mm. okay, and it was close to town, so it was it was perfect for us. Yeah, but it was just a little bit boring. Yeah, hostels are spread right throughout the main areas; those six that we just mentioned. So, to be honest, it doesn't really matter where you stay because most things are a half hour walk away, and That's if right. it's further away, the public transport is both cheap and pretty efficient. But that said, it's always worth checking out where your hostel is before you book it. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Of course. Camping is also a popular summer option. There are campsites along the Vlatava River, close to the zoo. They tend to be small and crowded during the high season, so book ahead or have a backup plan. Yeah, backup plan always helps. While we're talking about accommodation, it's probably a good time to mention our sponsor again. It does Um, seem apt, yeah. Yes, um, (laughs) that's hostelbookers.com. And they say... They say that Prague lives up to its reputation as a bargain city break, with plenty of cheap and cheek budget accommodation. The city's popularity with backpackers means that if you're looking for a hostel, Prague definitely won't disappoint you. Party animals looking for a lively atmosphere or social events like pub crawls should book a Prague youth hostel in the city centre, close to all the bars and clubs. For something a little bit more peaceful, there are also more offbeat hostels away from the hectic knife life. From boutique hostels with artsy decor to more rural locations out in the countryside. Luckily, these are all close to the tram lines, which makes sightseeing easy. It is good to note that hostels in Prague fill up quickly in the high season, which is over summer and over Christmas New Year's. So book online at hostelbookers.com in advance to make sure you get the best value rooms. Prices start at €5 a person per night for a shared room with hostelbookers.com. Definitely good advice. I mean, that's something we'd always say. Book as far in advance as you can, but you don't necessarily need to book for the whole duration of your stay. It depends on what you want to do. All right, well, let's move on to food and drink. Ooh, how I love to talk about food and drink. Lunch is the big meal in Prague, with red meat and potatoes being a main feature of a serious sit-down meal. We did find that magical cover charges appeared on our restaurant bills that weren't on the menu, (laughs) and we had some difficulty getting getting them removed from the bill. Yeah, they they were good at magically appearing and not so good at magically disappearing. (laughs) One of the major things we found was that if bread magically appeared on the table and we ate it, that would often um, incur a charge, which is quite different to other places where the bread that's provided is free. Mm -hmm. So if you don't want it, then don't eat it. Yes. And if you get a charge and they say it's for bread and you haven't eaten the bread, you can query it. Yeah, of course. And the cover charge as well. If it's on the menu, then you've got to pay it. But if it's not on the menu, then um, feel free to dispute it and your mileage will vary. And of course, you can always feel free to ask if there's a cover charge when when you enter the restaurant so that you're prepared for it. Yeah, in cities where it's common, I mean, it, you're from out of town, so don't feel foolish about asking about stuff like that, just to, to make sure. Or ask someone at your hostel, because they'll know if it's, yeah. if it's normal um, in that, that district for there to be a cover charge. Yeah. Now, street vendors Yay! are everywhere, which of course kept Linda happy during our entire time there. Oh my goodness, yes. Prague was a mecca for street food. Sausages. Oh, and of course, we had the Christmas markets when we were there, so there were yeah. all sorts of tasty things. Yeah. But, I mean, the sausages, the hot dogs, I thought the bread was delicious, but the sausage really wasn't. What they, um, what they tended to do was take a, um, like a French stick, a baguette, and they'd chop it in half, and they'd drill a hole down in the middle, and then fill that up with mustard and tomato sauce, and then put the sausage inside. So you had like a bread mm. parcel with your sausage in it. Yeah. But the sausage tended to be on the tasteless side unless you paid extra for a nicer sausage. There were so varieties of sausages. Go with the mustard. That, that's all I'm saying. Even I'm if you don't like mustard, mustard, go with the mustard. Well, it did help. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. 
Yeah, and yeah, we were there during Christmas, so there were all sorts of well, delicious bakery foods. Oh and man, that um, the thing we saw at the Hungarian market in Clevedon the other day. Yeah, um, it's like a like can a pastry. You it? It's a bit difficult to explain. Basically, they take some sweet dough and they wrap it around a cylinder. Then they put the cylinder over a flame, like a fire, and turn it around so that it gets cooked through. Mm. Then it's a little bit. Um, it's like a little bit sweaty because of the way it's been cooked, and they they roll it in sugar, cinnamon and sugar, mm. and oh, it's just so tasty. It was awesome. Yeah, and of course, mulled wine. Yeah, lots of mulled wine, and just all sorts of things. I mean, you just wander around a corner, and there's something else for sale: breads and nuts and all sorts of things. When I think drink in mm. Prague, I'm certainly not thinking about mulled wine, though. I'm thinking about I some am. of the cheapest <laughs> beer in Europe. Well, this is true. I mean, and Prague and beer are kind of synonymous. Some of the best. I mean, the Czech Republic certainly is serious about lagers and pilsners. So Pilsner Urkel, of course, is very famous. And there's also the real Budweiser's, which is beer from Budweis or oh. Budovice. Yeah, which isn't Prague, but it's not far away. No, it's and it's, country, it's served everywhere. Yeah, you know there's a bit of a fight about the Budweiser name. <laughs> yeah. Because originally it was made in Budovice, you know, yeah. Budweiser. And then an American company started making it. And Well, it's a bit more complicated than yeah. that even because there are three companies. There were there were two Budweiser companies uh-huh. making Budweiser. And then Because it uh, means from Budweiser, which is kind yeah. of realistic. I mean, if I was making a beer and it was just commonly known as Auckland Beer, It's it's not a trademark at that point. Yeah, but but currently there are three companies all using the same brand name in different parts of the world as Mm. the trademarks all being worked out. But, yeah, don't... Anyway, we're talking about Prague. Yes. Local Prague beer. (laughs) (laughs) Something completely different. (laughs) Yeah, Craig likes it quite a lot. So it's a lager and pretty much dirt cheap in most bars throughout Prague, so you should try that one. Yep, it's um, a nice... um, Normally, if you see a, a big green sign and the beer's name Staropramen, mm. um, they're serving it there. And, yeah, it's all good. Um, since talking about drink, we should maybe talk about public transport. Cause, well, <laughs> you should first, definitely not drive. Firstly, you should definitely not drink and drive, and you should probably not drive in Prague either. No, Prague's a... Um, well, you can't park anywhere because mm. everywhere's um, tied off for locals. Well, pedestrianised in the centre, but all of the car parks, you need a, a special permit to mm. park pretty much anywhere. So Prague is a good city to, to tra- walk, to walk in <laughs> and to use public transport yeah. in. If you're going very far, you know, if you're coming from the airport, you can public transport. If you're going anywhere else, you can use public transport. But otherwise, you can just walk. Mm. So there's two types of ticket. There's a um, a kind of a 20 minute ticket, and you can't use this to transfer onto any of the other. Um, transport networks, that's 18 kroners. Or for 26 kroners, you get a ticket that lasts, I think it's 75 minutes, um, and it's longer during off-peak hours. Mm-hmm. And um, you can use that in an integrated fashion on the metro, the buses, and the trams. Yeah, so you hop on, you validate your ticket, and then if you need to transfer it to a different bus or metro, you can keep using it for that for the duration of the ticket. Yeah. The most important thing to remember is to validate it as yes. soon as you get on the vehicle. Um, because... If you don't, and a tickets inspector catches you with an invalid ticket, you'll get an on-the-spot fine, which is, I think, about 40 US dollars. Yeah, it was really, really heavy. So, um, yeah, bus and tram, you validate on board, and for the subway or the metro, Mm -hmm. you have to validate it as you enter the station, but only validate it once for your entire kind of journey. Um, Watch out for scam artists um, asking 
for your ticket. Um, if you're feeling unsure, feel free to kick up a bit of a fuss, call the police on your mobile phone. Um, but the official inspectors should have really solid ID. They're red and yellow ID cards. Um, they should have receipts. And, yeah, just a common scam is people asking for your ticket and then trying to find you and then running off. Yeah, not so cool. No. You also, if you're traveling by, um, like, from the airport and you have a big bag, mm. you do need to buy a separate ticket for that, which will be 18 kronas, and you need to keep your ticket on that on you for that as well. Yeah. Yep. So extra for luggage. And once again, there's a pretty hefty fine if you don't do it, so... Yeah, just make it easy on yourself. It's a couple of bucks, the 18 It's really corona. not very much. And, um, yeah, just pay it up front and save yourself any hassles. Yeah, probably. if you The first time you get on a tram or a bus, you'll be coming from the airport, mm. and the driver will make you pay that. Yeah. 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 That's um, what we did. We, we actually got on the bus and asked the driver, because you can buy the tickets on board. Yeah. But we found it a lot easier just to talk to the driver and make sure that we we're paying the right amount. If you have a little bit of cash in Corona when you arrive, it'll make things much easier for yourself on the public transport front. That's but, right enough practicalities let's talk about some cool attractions oh my goodness prague is so beautiful and so wonderful and i think the major free attraction is the entire city <laughs> <laughs> basically if you want just wander around it you'll be stunned every corner you turn because it really is gorgeous and it was mainly undamaged throughout world war ii so unlike most of europe there are all those beautiful medieval buildings that that are still there yeah. and the whole city just feels like a fairy tale yeah. you know it's like Oh, you, if you imagine being from the country and coming to the big city for the first time, like a thousand years ago. <laughs> a thousand years ago, maybe a couple of hundred. <laughs> 600 years ago. Well, some of the highlights in our uh, free, attrac- free attractions are the Old Town, mm. especially the Central Square, um, Old Town Square, yes. original naming here. It's, good, um, it? it's got the astronomical clock, and uh, we've got a video of that on site, so we'll chuck that in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, the old Gothic buildings, and especially the tin church which is t-y-n not t-i-n and um no but that's um really imposing up one end of the um the square with the big Mm. big towers and beautiful beautiful building now not far from the old town is the new town which is really (laughs) new i mean it was only only really constructed in the 14th century yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah not not so new i mean that's what our wenselessless square is built around Mm -hmm. and i mean it is quite Modernized. Yes. Yeah, yeah. A McDonald's on there, and you that's know. right. And it's very open. You know, it's not yeah. quite as. Um, yeah, it's compact. not. Yeah. Basically, if you walk through these two large squares and the roads between them, I think it's enough just for one day because there's so much to see. You know, just stop in at some of the little restaurants and bars, and you can mm. see. All sorts of things. And if you're there at Christmas, there's Christmas markets, of course. Yes, of course. Um, in the new town, you've got the, uh, the Dancing House, which is a famous building by Frank Gehry. And, um, you know, it's. There's a big, tall, straight building, and the next one comes in. It's like a dress, kind mm. of leaning into it. Um, yeah, it's inspired by Fred and Ginger. Lovely. Yeah, awesome. The Jewish Quarter is also fascinating with its small streets and synagogues, and visiting the Jewish Cemetery is very highly recommended. But we'll speak about that a bit later on. Yeah, because it's mainly... I mean, it's beautiful to walk through, but lots of the stuff you need to pay to get into. So That's right. So talk about it then. section. There are dozens of bridges across the Vatava River, and several in Prague, and of course throughout the whole of the Czech Republic, because (laughs) the whole river is basically all the way through the country. Mm. But one in particular stands out, the Charles Bridge. It's wide and beautiful, and it has statues all along it, and you'll see 
iconic photos of this bridge everywhere you look. Yeah. And it really is magical, especially with a little bit of fog in the background. And, yeah. You know, it's so wide that there's basically a little bustling mini market of souvenir sellers, <laughs> yeah. buskers, painters. All, all you the know, way along both sides. People. Yeah, everything, yeah. yeah. It's cool. I love the big gates. Like, there are big, impressive gates on mm. either side of it that you have to walk through and under, and for a couple of corona you can climb up to the top and look along the river. It's, yeah, it's awesome. Um, if you cross over it and you're heading away from the old town and the new town, you're passing through the lesser town, which is Malastrana. And um, this sits between the river and the castle complex where Prague Castle is. It's got some really nice places to relax, and because you're walking <laughs> uphill through most of it... You probably um, need them. You'll yeah. probably need them. Take a picnic up there and sit in the grass in one of the parks and look out over the town, and it's beautiful. Yeah. And when you get up to the castle, you'll find that Prague Castle's... Oh, it's probably the premier tourist attraction in Prague. Yeah, probably close to it for Central Europe as well. Yeah, it's amazing, and it's almost always busy. It's the largest ancient castle in Europe, and today it houses the Czech president, so... Of course, some parts are off limits. Yeah. Access to the castle complex is free, but you do have to pay to enter some of the attractions inside. So let's use this as a nice chance to transition over to talking about paid attractions. Nicely done. Nicely hey, done. paid attraction number one? Well, Prague Castle. Prague Castle. Oh, that's How a good about one. that? <laughs> so though, as we said, access to the castle complex is free, you do need to pay for access to some areas. The easiest way to do this is to buy a castle pass and an audio guide. And the audio guide will also let you skip the queues into Vitus Cathedral on a busy day, which is very nice. It is, but it does set you back, if I remember rightly, about 350 krona mm. each. So for the pass and the audio guide, it's getting pretty pricey for such a cheap city. Yeah. But if you're like me, and you're likely to get castled out pretty quickly, yeah, um, then just wander around, enjoy it. It's still beautiful. And pay for the things you want to get into. That's right. And um, check your guidebook for that or just wander around and make it up as you go along. But it's not really something we've got time to, to go into detail here. Yeah. The major things tend to happen on the hour. Watch the gate changing of the guard ceremony and listen to, listen to the bells toll. Yeah. Well, we just had to stop there to let a few uh, police cars go past. But let's uh, kick back in and talk about the National Museum, which is our next paid attraction. That's right. The main building is at the top of Wenceslas Square. But there are other galleries and buildings spread all throughout the city. So if you're really into museums, you should buy a combined pass, which is valid for all of the different buildings. And it's valid for three days rather than just getting a basic entrance. Yeah, I mean, the basic entrance is good, but if you're going to be going to more than one of them, then it adds up pretty quickly. There's also extra costs for filming and photography. So if I... It's a bit... I don't know. I find it difficult to know if I want to take a photograph of anything before I've been inside. And that kind of thing annoys me quite a bit, but it's pretty common throughout Prague. Yeah. Um, Museum entrance is free on the first Monday of each month. Yes, and that is all good. Um, Same goes for the National Galleries as well, just while I think about it. We won't talk about them, but there's some pretty cool stuff on display. And check out the free days and if it falls when you go. Yeah, all throughout Europe there's usually a free day sometime during the month. Either the first Monday or the last Sunday or something like that. Mm. Now, Wenceslas Square, while we're talking about it again has a very cool statue of a man and a horse. That's right. King Wenceslas, surprisingly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, probably best known from the song of the same name. Yes, which we sung in a rather we drunken fashion on the Feast we of Stephen in the snow. We were, we were maybe slightly... Merry. 
Merry, Merry. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. That's Merry appropriate. Merry Christmas, yes. everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Prague was home to some excellent artists, and two that I really love, I'm going <laughs> to get personal here, are um, Alphonse Mucha. Um, or Muha, and he was a predominant figure in Art Nouveau and basically pushed the entire movement. He um, did do some really, really beautiful work, yes. and you've probably seen it all over the place on bookmarks and t-shirts yeah. and everything like yeah. that. So his museum's in the old town, and then in the lesser town there's a literary favourite of mine. And mine. Franz Kafka. Now, um, this is a wonderful museum. It was really, really yes. interesting. It was very tactile. There's visual and audio displays and all sorts of things. However, it's probably best to have read some of his work before you go. Otherwise, it's just a bit weird. Yeah, I mean, at least... I mean, because his work really was quite weird. Yeah, Yeah. at least read Metamorphosis. And, um, I mean, the castle's awesome. Uh, It's all awesome. It's all interesting. But Metamorphosis is a good introduction because it's not too long. He wrote so little and so well that if you're into literature at all, just read his work, enjoy. And when you're in Prague, definitely go to one of the most interesting biographical museums I've ever been to right, in and my life. in the public domain as well, so you should be able to find a free copy online. Yes, all good. Now, another important museum is the Communist Museum, which shows many of the ways Prague and what was then Czechoslovakia changed under the regime. Mm. There's plenty of realia and materials and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, and in the Jewish Quarter you'll find some spectacular sites. Um, the Old New Synagogue. I love this old <laughs> town, new town. This is the Old New Synagogue. Uh, the Jewish Museum and the Jewish Cemetery. That's right. Now, the weird, I guess, it's, I don't know, it's a bit weird. The Nazis intended for the Jewish Quarter, Josephov, in um, Prague to be a museum to the extinct Jewish race. And nowadays it's an inhabited area, but it's full of museums about Jewish life, and um, both then, before then, and in the present day. Yeah, it's really interesting, because it it looks at the past and the present, and the way things were and the way things are. It's really interesting. Mm, Now, the museums have paid entry, but if you're going to more than a couple, you can get a combined ticket which will give you access at a greatly reduced price. Yeah, to all of the all of the museums mm. and um, synagogues that charge entry for tourists in the yeah. in the entire region. So yeah, and when I was speaking to other travellers about Prague on Twitter the other day, uh, the Jewish cemetery came up again and again and again as the most memorable thing about their visit to Prague. So um, definitely I think, worth a visit. Yeah, it's just a really moving place, really important. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to seasonal attractions. Okay, so near the beginning of the year in springtime, um, we got May and the Prague Spring Classical Musical Festival, which kicks things off in style. And I think my favourite seasonal attraction, certainly, is the Christmas markets. Now, <laughs> they're all over Europe, but the Prague ones are just quite nice. You know, I like them. Yeah, I mean, the Prague Christmas markets, if you've never heard of them, are so popular that people come to Prague for a weekend yeah. just to go to the markets and then go That's home right. again. We were quite surprised when we lived in England. Heaps of people did a Christmas market tour. But they might go for three or four days, and they were just traveling to yeah. go to the Christmas markets and they'd buy a package that yeah. included flights and accommodation and you know yeah. maybe, maybe a little bit of a tour or something like that but it was yeah. basically just to go to the Christmas markets. Mm. So if you're in um, the UK keep an eye out on sites like lastminute.com and things like that over the next couple of months really we're recording this in late November and um, yeah keep an eye out for the next couple of weeks and you might be able to pick up some awesome deals of course if you just book your flights on Ryanair or EasyJet you should be able to get some pretty good deals yeah but um, yeah Christmas is 
the high season really mm. for Prague. So, so make sure you book yeah. in advance because it is really magical. Book, book, book. You should definitely go in cri- around Christmas time. Should we talk about books? Okay, books. <laughs> <laughs> nice segue. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting into this today. <laughs> it's a little bit cheesy. Just <laughs> well, all of the um, all of the guidebook publishers have something on Prague. It's a huge tourist attraction, tourist oh, draw, very popular city. It's one of the most popular cities in Europe. I think I read mm. somewhere that it was the sixth most popular wow. after like Paris, London. London, Berlin, yep. not very many others. <laughs> um, so Lonely Planet, uh, we used Europe on a shoestring, and that's got enough information for a comfortable visit. But I think the thing that makes Prague awesome isn't just the cheap. If you're going just for the cheap beer, the Lonely Planet Europe on a shoestring is going to be enough for Definitely, you. Yeah. But really, it's the history, it's the culture, it's the layer upon layer upon layer of development that makes Prague so awesome. Yeah, and Lonely Planet doesn't do history spectacularly well. So no. uh, Rough Guide does work well, though, because they focus more on history, which yeah. is obviously important. When history and Prague. culture, yeah. yeah. Now, I'm not a fan of the eyewitness guides, but the Prague one is brilliant. Well, um, Prague is so visually rich, isn't it? Yeah. You've really... You've got to see it to believe it. Yeah. You've kind of got to immerse yourself in it. And Eyewitness mm. does that really well. I mean, yeah. I mean, Prague's nickname is the Golden City and the Little One of Mother. Many. <laughs> Which are, Prague has so many yeah. names. It's mad. Um, mother of Cities, that's the other one. <laughs> mother of Cities, yeah. And little Mother. <laughs> Once it gets its claws in you, you never get out. Um, but yeah, Eyewitness works well because it's full of pictures and graphics and illustrations. So if you're a visual person, Prague's a very visual city. Eyewitness guides work well with that kind of thing, but they're a bit light on the more practical aspects of where to go and where to stay, especially for budget and independent travellers. So let's move on. What is your favourite memory of your time in Prague? Favourite memory? Well, you know, coming from New Zealand, which is a rather warm country, Mm -hmm. and our seasons are backwards compared with the... um, the cultural memory that has come from Europe. Yeah, that's right. It's summer um, now and it's almost Christmas. Yeah. Um, we're going to probably spend most of Christmas on the beach. We're sitting the, by the pool the barbecue. at the moment with yeah. a glass of wine each. So being in Prague on Christmas where it was cold and people were dressed up and there was gingerbread and there was mulled wine and it was all of these childhood stories of yeah. Christmas. Like the Christmas cards Come stories. to life. Yes. All those things that are on our Christmas cards. Now, I don't know why those are on our Christmas cards, but they are part of like the myth of Christmas. Yeah. That doesn't apply to us at all because we have Christmas on the beach. <laughs> um, but we were suddenly yeah. there yeah. at Christmas having the Christmas story mm. for ourselves. Yeah. So it was very, very magical. And we had snow on Boxing Day. Oh, we had, oh, was it? Yeah. I just remember having this big, long, long lunch that was awesome and cost about 20 euros per person for a three-course meal with wine. And mm. It was amazing, and it stretched out for two or three hours and of eating. And we were eating. inside, and it was dark. And, and then we went outside, and it started to snow. And yeah. we wandered around the old town for the next three or four hours in the falling snow going, it's snowing. It was like that. And then we made a snow man woman. and woman and had, had a big a snow snowball fight. fight. It was so cool. And drank a bottle of champagne to celebrate. I just don't see a problem with this. It was great. It was, it was awesome. really so magical. That's my favorite memory. Yeah. That was one of my favorite memories as well. But I think another thing that I really liked was, of course, the uh, the street food. Mm-hmm. I liked just being able to buy something when I felt like it. But also our Christmas meal was really great. I mean, we went to that Gollum restaurant. Yeah. And I don't know where it was. I tried to look it up recently to recommend it to someone. But was, we just wandered around until we found somewhere. And this restaurant had uh, a full-sized golem, which mm. is 
What? How do you describe a golem? Well, golem, a golem's a, a clay being which is given life through a bit of enchanted Taurus. And um, the myths all come from Prague, so you can actually go to the synagogue where the the golem um, was supposedly made. So it's that's right because it was a, a priest who, who it, started him, yeah, who, who it, created the first golem. It's wasn't a it? cross between a robot and a zombie, I guess. It's mm-hmm. it's inanimate object brought to life but to serve sentient, a human master yeah. and sentient. And so yeah. Awesome. Gollum Restaurant. Highly recommended. And we had, no oh, idea where it, where it is. Yeah, somewhere. <laughs> but the food was really good and it was well-priced and we just ate lots of meat. I think I had duck. Mm, yeah, it was just... Really, really tasty. Awesome food, really cheap. Actually, good we just times. had a really good time in Prague. <laughs> yeah. The whole thing. We were there with our best friends and it was magic. It really was. It was It was like Prague is a magical city and we just experienced it like that. Mm. So it was wonderful. Hey, we're running low on time, so let's quickly skip through our where to next section. I'd recommend as a day trip um, to go to Kutnahora. Kutnahora's got the Sedlik Ossery, which is macabre. Yes. Um, they dug up all of the bones in the graveyard because they needed to create space in the hello like ground. It's a thing. So yeah. what they'd do is they'd quite often, you know, in Europe, this was quite often um, used as a common practice, was mm. they'd bury people for a certain period of time and then they'd be dug up again and the bones would all be stored mm. logically. Yep. But the, someone gave the keys to a sculptor. <laughs> um, so there's um, a big chandelier. Um, big chandelier. There's a coat there's, of arms. Yep. Coat of arms. There's big pyramids and. Um, all just, these with human bones. It's the weirdest thing yep. ever. So they've got all these bones in mm. really beautiful forms. And it's quite amazing, but it's <laughs> yep. just quite strange. So yeah, go to the Bone Church. You should definitely go. Um, if you're staying in Prague, um, some beautiful spa towns just outside of Prague, mm. but we're talking about travel. Head south, Chesky Budovice, um, Chesky Krumlov. Chesky Krumlov comes highly recommended. We were there for a week and it was just magic. It was one mm. of those other magic you know, yep. fairy tales, fairy tale towns. Yeah, and then south into Austria via Linz. They're working on a motorway between Prague and Linz. Mm. Um, it's probably going to be another ten years before it opens the way things work there. But um, you can go good. by coach or by train. I'd probably go by coach because the roads, uh, the, the train lines aren't spectacular. No, they're pretty slow and pretty old. So yeah, long distance travel in Prague. We flew, but. From what I've read around the topic, I'd recommend the coaches. Mm-hmm. Okay, where else? Well, if you go southeast, you can head to Bratislava or Vienna, which mm-hmm. is always highly recommended. Yep. Um, east, you can go into Poland. Rocklaw is close and probably your entry city. Or, of yep. course, Prague is really, really central. It's right in the middle of Europe. <laughs> it is central Europe. So you can go anywhere you like. Hey, before we finish up our um, Indie Travel Podcast Guide to Prague, thanks again to our sponsors for this episode, hostelbookers.com. With no booking fee or hidden costs, they offer a lowest price guarantee for booking budget accommodation. A recent survey looking at 48 destinations worldwide found hostel bookers to be the cheapest in 90% of cases, which is pretty good, yeah. making them 5.1% cheaper than rival booking sites on average. Nice. That is definitely good. It is. So thanks to hostelbookers.com for sponsoring the show. Um, if you come to IndieTravelPodcast.com and click the accommodation link, we've got uh, links to them there. And I think that's us. So until next week, travel well.